Hello, and welcome back to the Meraki Unbox podcast. My name is Sammy Brenner, and I'm going to be taking you through today's episode. We have two incredible guests who are going to talk about something kind of cutting edge and new and a huge focus at Cisco right now. So I have no doubt that this episode will be extremely impactful and informative, and we're going to all leave with some nuggets. Um, I can't wait to get into it. But before I do, friendly reminder, please download, listen, subscribe, share this podcast, tell your friends about it. Um, we need your uh, help getting the word out about how incredible this podcast is. So uh, don't be shy. Tell all your friends and family about it. Share it wherever you can on social. And if you want to collaborate with us or have ideas for the podcast, please reach out. We always love hearing your input and your feedback. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to transition and introduce our first guest. Uh, Brink Sanders is the Vice President of Global Networking Experience Sales at Cisco, uh, and he currently leads a unified specialist sales team, including Cisco Enterprise Networking and Meraki. With numerous leadership roles in his 15 years at Cisco, he formerly spearheaded the Global Specialist Strategy and Planning transforming go-to-market strategies in security, collaboration, observability, and enterprise networking and cloud. Wow, he's done a lot. Additionally, Brink holds a master's degree from Stanford University and an MBA from the University of Chicago. Cannot wait to chat with Brink a little bit more. And then our second fabulous guest is actually a repeat. So if you've listened to the uh, podcast before, you've definitely heard her. Jen Kirkpatrick is the Vice President of Global Sales at Cisco Meraki. So Jen is a dynamic professional with over 30 years of experience in technology solutions field. She joined Cisco in 2011 and dedicated herself to the transformation of Cisco's software and services. Today, Jen leads sales as the Vice President of Global Sales, again, for Meraki. Um, with her cutting-edge expertise, Jen is at the forefront of navigating the global shift towards digital and cloud-managed solutions in a post-pandemic world. She remains committed to finding innovative ways to help businesses thrive in today's rapidly changing landscape. Jen, who is proudly from Cleveland, Ohio, she'll tell you that if you meet her, is currently a resident there um, and balances her professional career with a fulfilling family life, joined by her supportive husband and two daughters. Jen and Brink, welcome. Thanks, hey, Sammy. Sammy. Excited to be here today. I uh, I need that bio uh, right up. That was awesome. Isn't that great? Right? I mean, you know, I love hearing those those cool things. Those are uh, you don't always hear those things about yourself. So thank you for uh, for highlighting it. Made me smile. Absolutely happy to reflect it back to you. Sometimes you yeah. just need like a morning pep talk. So there you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. I need to come on more feeling... often. Great. Yeah, you should both come on more often. I like that idea. <laughs> Um, so I think it really helps, and I always start every episode um, by asking, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got here. So Brink and Jen, tell us about yourselves and how you got into the world of networking. And secondly, how did that journey land you at Cisco? Brink, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, uh, happy to. Um, I, I definitely won't try to drag you too far back, but I think there are a few key things kind of how I wound up uh, in this spot within Cisco. Um, I started out my career in consulting. So I, I did go to Stanford and afterwards 
um, kind of moved into consulting. It was kind of the thing at the time. And, you know, found my way to working with a lot of the global service providers out there. So we had just gone through um, kind of consolidation in the in the telecommunications industry, a lot of deconsolidation or um, disaggregation. There were a couple of other industries going through the same thing. And I, I wound up in these service providers looking at how they operated, both from their strategy, but also their like core operations. And in doing so, I was not a technology guy. I wasn't into software or networking or any of that stuff. I was more of a business person. But, you know, helping these service providers deliver on their strategies, you get you learn pretty quickly about the software applications they use to run the world and or their worlds. And a big part of that is network management, provisioning, uh, assurance, all of these capabilities. And, and as you dive into that, I learned a lot personally about networking devices and how they help deliver outcomes for service provider customers. So I did that for a number of years, um, went through other industries in consulting and kind of over the years found my way uh, to Cisco. Cisco was actually a client of mine. I had young kids at the time and, you know, that consulting life, you're on the road a good bit. And uh, Cisco offered me an opportunity to work for uh, really one of the most renowned companies in the world in a space that I had a lot of passion for. Um, I've been here 16 years and have held a lot of roles. You named a couple of them. And I kind of ping pong around between my helping Cisco get better at what it does, kind of internally focused, um, but spent about five years in, in Asia. So my, my kind of operations and strategy roles took me out to Asia. And uh, I lived in Singapore for five years. And, and at that time, I had an opportunity to really uh, get back out into the market and talk to our customers, our partners, see how our technology was being used. And like, I, I fell in love with that world and um, was really, really, really excited when I came back to the U.S. to try to continue that. Um, had an opportunity to do some stuff at the, at the corporate level, which was awesome, but then found my way pretty quickly back here and couldn't be happier. This is the space that I'm most passionate about and helping our customers use our networking technologies are the things that I, gets me up every day and keeps me really excited at what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. You found that purpose, it sounds like. Exactly, exactly. Beautiful. Jen, what's your story? Yeah, so uh, I started off in planning to go to law school, right? Um, and worked in a, a law firm and uh, some um, friend on my softball team at the time said, hey, we need a receptionist uh, from noon to four at what would turn out to be a partner of Cisco's. And I said, yes, that's awesome. I'm going to I'm going to go be the receptionist. I'll answer the phones and, and I'll be able to study for my LSATs in the morning. This is perfect. Uh, well, it was 1996 going into 97, the era of Y2K and uh, technology was transforming the world at the time because everybody thought we were going into doomsday uh, for Y2K and um, they needed sellers. They needed an account manager. And after about three months of being a receptionist, the branch manager asked me to be a junior account manager, which uh, was still part-time, but was almost full-time. I quickly moved into full-time and never left. I had some engineers that took me on site and taught me about the Catalyst 5000 at the time. Uh, I know I'm dating myself when I use these this terminology, but uh, actually showed me how to put a supervisor engine in and about dual power supplies and all this cool stuff that that was there. And I just fell in love with technology and never went to law school. Um, so I hopped around. I spent some time at the partner. I, I uh, 
thought, you know, do I really want to be in sales? No, I think I need something more stable. This risk isn't worth it. I went and got PMP certified. I was a project manager for two years as a billable entity, <clears throat> which I'll say is like very different. But then I realized I missed the, the thrill of sales. I missed, uh, you know, being able to, to have that commission and everything else. And so I jumped back into sales. I worked at Novell, again, dating myself, um, cause it's no longer here. And, um, jumped over to a couple of application development companies, had a couple of kids, took some years off, uh, went to Hewlett Packard for uh, about six, seven years. And then um, a local Cleveland friend called and said, hey, Jen, we have a services rep uh, leader uh, opening here at Cisco. And I'm like, man, I started my career at Cisco. I should, I should go to Cisco. Uh, somewhere I always wanted to work. And so I started interviewing, ended up getting the job. And um and really was torn because I was on this hypo track at my current job. I was a client director. I was running a book of business for about 140 million for a couple of accounts in Cleveland and said, oh, do I really want to go back into the overlay role? And uh, what was amazing was just the way that Cisco showed up in the presentation of the interview made my gut said, go to Cisco, right? Um, and it was awesome. I did. I jumped into services and it's been kind of uh, an unbelievable journey since I got here. And uh, like you said, November of 2011. So I just celebrated my 12 year anniversary in November uh, with Cisco. I've just had a lot of different careers within the same organization and always been on the transformation front of what Cisco was doing, right? So um, I led an as a service team before people knew what the word as a service meant. Uh, when I started the software service business in our global enterprise segment, uh, my, people didn't know what an EA was. EAs were brand new. We had been selling a la carte software for so long and um, really trying to move the business from, um, you know, a six to seven figure uh, business to over a billion dollar figure when I left and jumping into spaces where I was, I've been afforded the ability to say, hey, we have a problem here with adoption. Like, what are we going to do with that? And jumping into stretch assignments and then being um, doing a leadership rotation at corporate to really help set up some of the CX organization and the CSMs and re lead something called our customer lifecycle initiative from a sales lens and bring that, that feedback in. It's just been an awesome opportunity. And, you know, the last four years I've been at Meraki um, leading the Americas and now leading the worldwide team just been bringing kind of that culmination of the software and services um, background that I have to the, the, the network transformation space, right? Uh, because Meraki has such a high adoption rate uh, that it was like, it was almost like coming home, right? It was mm -hmm. like all the things that I did up to that coming to Meraki was like, okay, they have a best in practice adoption, uh, but they don't know how to do consumption models. We're going to do that over the last four years. We don't know, you know, all the things that I did at Cisco, we brought some of those best practices of Meraki and Cisco together. And it's just been an amazing experience. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. That's you in a nutshell. Thank you both for that overview. And it's clear by the way you each speak about your roles and what you do in your previous history that you found that passion, that mastery, that autonomy, I think, which is crucial in f finding fulfillment and happiness in your role. So we'll get into that throughout the conversation today. But something big that you both, both mentioned was the word transformation. And that's going to be the theme of, of what we're talking about today. So 
this podcast is on Apple, it's on Spotify. So there might be folks listening right now who aren't actually in the Cisco ecosystem. So as we transition and talk about the networking experiencing uh, experiences team, excuse me, Brink, what does NX stand for? And then tell us why this team was formed and kind of describe the vision for us. Yeah, sounds great. And um, the, the term has really grown on me. So NX stands for networking experiences. And that's what we've, um, that's what we call the team. It's also what we call the, the technology, right? We really look at our technology set um, in that way right now. And, and, and there's a couple of reasons that's the case. I, I think first and foremost, we've really recognized um, how important it is for, for networking to truly deliver on and have responsibility for um, an outstanding user experience, right? That's the thing we all want. We, we expect it every day, you know, no matter who you are, pick up your mobile device, you just want it to work, right? You, you want that connectivity to be there. You want the applications that are running over it that you're using for whatever, whether it's, you know, Instagram, something else, right? My kids are always on Instagram these days. Um, you want that to work and you want the experience to be good, and whether it's a, a consumer application, a business application, et cetera. So I think first off, it's that recognition that we're trying to deliver an outstanding experience. I think the the second big part of it that underpins that that term for us, um, you know, we, we've been at the core of the networking world for the past, you know, 25 plus years. And, you know, Jen talked about some of the early Catalyst portfolio in her in her background we made it hard, right? Networking is not easy. The things you have to connect together, the complexity that historically has been there for the people that have to set up, administer, manage, troubleshoot those environments to deliver the user experience. It's been really, really hard, right? There, there are you know, people who build their careers around that expertise. And I think we recognized a number of years ago I think the acquisition of Meraki, I think about 11 years ago now, was probably a good indication of, of the beginning of that path where it just needed to be simpler. And so the other part of that is to really challenge all of us to deliver networking platforms that make it much simpler for the people that use our technology that have to have to be in it day in and day out to deliver those experiences for them to have a good experience as well. So. That's really what it what it encapsulates is that experience that we're delivering and the outcomes that then our customers can achieve with the technology. Now, the team that I have was actually set up largely because, and you kind of hit it at the beginning, you know, Cisco doesn't have just like one version of networking. We have many different capabilities, right? Many different platforms. And the biggest ones we've got are what we call our traditional kind of enterprise networking products. This is that catalyst largely Catalyst, there are other brands within there, but it really is that, that, that Catalyst infrastructure that, that is world-leading, market-leading, has been out there for a long time and is really the core engine of the company. And then we have Meraki, which is a cloud platform that really brings Simple to a new level and the experiences that it can deliver is, are, are fantastic. And um, about a year ago, we set forth on a strategy to start to converge those technologies, to really be able to deliver one experience for our customers, our users, et cetera. And my team has two teams. They sell different parts of that portfolio. So part of why the role was established and, and my team was established was to start to bring that together. So between Jen and the, the Meraki team, we've got enterprise networking specialists that are out there. I actually have Thousand Eyes, which is a network assurance kind of observability platform in my portfolio as well. 
And the intent is over time to start to bring those together so that we can engage with our customers, our partners in a much more cohesive, simple way to help really them navigate uh, on their journeys. Great. Thank you for that overview. And yeah, it sounds like another theme is simplicity, right? And taking best in class at Cisco and what we have at Meraki and kind of creating this umbrella and creating simplicity across the massive portfolio that is Cisco. Um, so now that we have a better understanding of NX and the goals of this team, operational simplicity, secure networking, hybrid, hybrid work sustainability, um, Jen, I'm curious, talk to us about how Meraki fits into this equation. Um, how are these two teams coming together to consult customers on where they should go? Yeah, it's a great question, Sam. And I think Brink alluded to it somewhat in, in, in some of his answers, talking about the acquisition. Actually, Brink, we uh, are we requesting 12 years on the acquisition. We are acquired in 2012. So a lot of you know Meraki was founded in, in 2006 and some of the principles of Meraki were around a consistent user experience across the three large uh, domains, if you will, uh, of the network. So access and, and switching and routing and, and making sure that we had a consistent user experience and an easy way to operationalize uh, the network, right? And so providing this, what we call dashboard or the power of the platform that is Meraki to our customers to be able to have a simple operationally efficient experience, no matter where they are in the globe, and to be able to run their network um, in the most efficient manage management style from whatever device they need to, right? You can actually make changes to your network on your mobile device. And I keep thinking, Sammy, we're on video. We're not, I'm showing y'all my phone. So I'm glad I'm saying it <laughs> out it. loud. Uh, so just visualize that uh, audience that, you know, I'm holding up my phone and I'm talking with my hands. Um, so, so, you know, Meraki was founded with that, with everything is to simplify everything, right? To make it easier and to make everything work together in a unified fashion. What's happened over time, it's, it's just been an awesome journey that Meraki's had with the ability to have open APIs and to have our ecosystem now integrate into the, 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 pro, the platform that we have, which just takes the, the power of the platform to the next level. So instead of now leading uh, with a technology conversation, we can actually have business conversations with our customers that says, hey, what is the outcome you're trying to get to? Is it faster provisioning? Okay, cool, we can do that. Is it the fact that like, hey, you want to create another services line of revenue or you want to, you're trying to um, drive a better customer experience through your drive-through or, oh, I'm a grocery store and I actually don't know which products are selling faster and which shelf should I put the fastest selling products on? Well, guess what? We have an ecosystem partner that can help with that. I know during COVID, some of the use cases that, that came out were just so tied that the impact that Meraki was able to bring to some of our customers, just being able, because of the simplicity that we have, being able to spin up uh, locations in parking lots to be able to help test for COVID, right? And those were just such impactful, meaningful outcomes. Um, you know, it just gave me goosebumps to hear the stories of what our our sales teams were selling. We had um, ecosystem partners writing applications around the ability to help in nursing homes, whether or not customers 
or visitors were wearing masks, right? And providing governance to be able to stop the spread to the elderly um, patients. And so some of those things are, are really impactful, but the day-to-day -day operations of what Meraki provided was the simplicity of operations and the user experience, the consistent user experience. Now we've layered on the AI telemetry, the ability to have proactive uh, notifications of what's happening in your network, leveraging the ecosystem. We've done things with um, partners that are creating the ability to see down to the watt of every device that you have in your network, how much energy are you actually using? And so you can make decisions to be more sustainable because you know this building goes offline every day at 5 p.m. Do I need my APs running? consistently? Maybe not. I can make an energy-wise decision. And so those are the things that Meraki's bringing to the table is the ability to have that user experience, the ability to make some business outcome decisions based on your network. It's no longer just about the plumbing. The plumbing is table stakes, right? The plumbing is the table stakes that you need to have a 99.99999% up network or else, you know, Everybody relies on Wi-Fi. That is table stakes that that needs to be up. It's what else can you do as your business to be a competitive advantage? How do you make IT the competitive advantage inside of your organization? And that's part of the goal of what Meraki is bringing to the table. That's no longer just about keep the uptime. Right. right? So you, I you think that's, go ahead. So just want to add, add something on, because I, I think there's a couple of things that um, have been really exciting for me over the past probably, you know, almost 12 years, uh, Jen, Jen, to your point, um, a couple of things. So, so, you know, about eight years ago on our more traditional kind of on-prem portfolio, we also started to move down this path of simplified management. Now you're talking about two very different definitions of simple, right? On the catalyst side, it's been bringing a lot of complexity and, and feature uh, and an expansive set of features that were very complex and trying to bring some added simplicity to that. What's been really interesting is I think Meraki influenced that direction on our on-prem portfolio in a massive way. And then I would say over the past probably, you know, five to seven years, we've continued to try to borrow from the Meraki design principles to really make a more seamless experience across all of that portfolio. And that's why I think you see today a path that we're down on, on, on true convergence. And I think Meraki really led the way in how do we do that across a broad range of customer types and customer expectations to truly meet our customers with where they are, but also to recognize that we can provide some leadership to, to, to show them new ways to think about how they do things and how they deliver against those use cases. So that's kind of one thing. I just want to pile on a little bit for how, how much Meraki has influenced the way that we have approached networking across the rest of the company. And the second thing, which I have to highlight, is the Meraki culture. Um, you know, almost 12 years ago, aspects of the culture that, you know, I was, I was on kind of the strategy side of things back then and got a little bit involved in this. It was not my decision, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But I watched this play out, and we made a very deliberate decision as a company to keep Meraki largely separate and to try to foster the culture that it brought into bigger Cisco. Uh, like you go around and see some of the offices, the office space that we're reimagining today, in many ways to try to bring workers back into the office after COVID. Um, but a lot of that, kind of a lot of the design that we're doing looks like Meraki did 10 years ago. Like we were borrowing from those principles 
that I think really have um, made a massive impact on where Cisco is today and, and where it's heading. Yeah, love that you called that out, Brink. Music to my ears. Um, and just, I mean, we just had our end of half last last week and the energy in the office and the excitement and it the really- gong. And the gong. And the gong. <laughs> was going off all day. Yes, uh, it's for awesome. those of you listening, Jen is doing the gong motion too. Very yeah. animated, I love it. Um, <laughs> But well, yeah, I have a mission to hit that gong in, in every office that we have a gong. I've got in Chicago and San Francisco and uh, Sydney, Australia. So, you know, we need to get gongs. Yeah, I have, I have a mission. For, for the sellers out there, they probably know exactly what that yeah. is. For the non-sellers, yeah, yeah. It, it, so, it's when a deal closes yeah, in the last week of the quarter. <laughs> we celebrate the individual uh, and they made quota. So it's just, it's fun. It's It's something that is... You know, it's a gong. You gotta gotta have the noise. It's a it's just fun. One other thing, Sam, I just want to bring out, and I forgot to say this, and um, I think the other thing from a customer lens perspective is that Cisco is a massive portfolio, right? And sometimes everything doesn't work uh, as seamless together as we want it to. But you're buying from the same company, and I think part of what the Meraki platform has enabled. And, and led the way in. And now a lot of this is happening across Cisco and across the board is that cross-architectural bringing together of the solutions. So the integration of security into the network, both on the on-prem and, and in the uh, cloud versions of our network, right? The integration with, with Thousand Eyes, you know, uh, with Splunk today, you know, Meraki has integrations with that. We have integration with ICE uh, across our platform portfolio in the networking side, right? Cisco Spaces, you know, we talked about the ecosystem, but but um, services now, right? Like, so thinking about the, the, the applications and the things that our customers use on a daily basis. So whether it's within Cisco uh, from a security perspective or whether it's an application that you use every day, bringing those together for visibility is just such, and, and simplicity of operations, just such a huge, experience um, positive for our customers. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, to that point, this transformation is a huge undertaking. It is no small feat to merge the power of Cisco's EN portfolio and Meraki, right, the cloud leader in IT. Um, and we know that a networking platform applies a consistent user experience, automation, intelligence, and an API uh, driven ecosystem. So kind of, I, I want both of you to talk about what has been the strategy as these two teams are coming together to drive this shift and tell us a little bit more about Cisco's big push towards power of a platform, right? We keep hearing this over and over again. So, so what does it mean and, and what's the strategy behind this? So maybe I'll, I'll start and then uh, yes. Jen, feel free to, to pile on. Um, sure. I, I want to start with the platform because I, I do think that that really is, you know, this really is about the technology that we're taking to market and how do we enable our customers to achieve their outcomes with what with the technology that we deliver. So we, we talked a little bit about it um, up to this point, but the, the strategy that we're driving from a technology perspective is really to take this kind of on-prem platform we have we have many platforms, but at its core, it's really an on-prem platform with a couple of, of elements to it. Um, and then our, our cloud platform and really bring those closer together, create a more integrated and unified experience for our customers so that they have the flexibility 
to get the best of both worlds, to really be able to leverage what is best suited for that. Maybe they've got a large campus with some compliance requirements that really require some of that, that feature depth in the on-prem platform, or they um, have a reason that they have to stay disconnected from um, the rest of the world and the way that they manage a part of their network. We do have those customers out there. Um, we want them to also, where they can, be able to take advantage of those cloud capabilities, because even our most, you know, critical requirement-centric customers who have to stay on-prem, they want to explore cloud. And then we have cloud, where we think the vast majority of our customers will ultimately take advantage of. So how do we make that experience seamless? How do we deliver those together so that our customers can choose and get the best of both worlds, not have to make a binary choice one or the other, which is quite candidly where we've been a little bit too much in the past, right? I, we've moved well past it now, but we've got a long journey ahead. So as we bring that together, this really is about delivering um, one set of outcomes for our customers. That are, and you, you named a bunch of them, whether it's that operational simplicity, whether it's the security outcomes they're looking for that can only be delivered by that integration within the network, along with those other security elements that make part of that architecture. And part of our problem internally has been, since these technologies have grown up somewhat independent, we have, you know, we, we always have our portfolio sellers out there that sell all of Cisco's technologies. Jen referred to it, it's a very broad set of technologies. So what they have to know, how they have to, you know, be those trusted advisors with our customers, it's a, it's a lot. So they're, they're never going to have all that depth. So our teams have built depth in each of these portfolios, but that makes it really hard for us to go out and advise a customer across all of it. And so we're on a journey to get to a, a, a model where we really can be more customer centric in the way that we talk about our networking technologies in the way that we advise them on how to bring these together in the best way to meet their outcomes, how they can start and how they can get, can really um, achieve a journey to cloud management that opens up a lot of those benefits that I think, as Jen said earlier, Meraki has really pioneered. Um, and so that really is is kind of what we're doing there. And it's hard because you have, you do have a lot of um, people gravitate to what they know. And I, I think this is true with our teams. I think this is true with our customers in many cases. And you know, we we see the competition out there also doing similar things to what we're doing. They keep us on our toes. I love them in that way. I want to I want to win against them every single day, every time. But that pressure makes us better and that helps our customers more than anything else. And I do think that cloud management and simplicity and giving up on some of the complexity that every, all of us have embraced in networking over the years is where we're headed bringing the team together, getting one message out there, getting one team that can tell that story and advise our customers on those transitions is by far the most important thing. Yeah, and I'm not gonna add much because Brink, Brink said it all, but from a teaming perspective, you know, Sammy, we have two incredible teams that have amazing best practices. And what we're doing is trying to um, celebrate, bring together both of those best practices and create uh, you know, I, I always say, um, you know, A and B doesn't always equal C, it might equal D, right? And so we're trying to create D, like what, and I know that's probably bad because a D on a, on a report card is not great, but, but you know what I, I mean? I use the numerical, right? one but plus yeah, one equals one, three, one right? Plus one is <laughs> there you go. Three here, 
But like at the end of the day, we've got two cultures and two teams, but two best practices and two exceptional, um, outstanding sets of talent that we need, that we're bringing together, right? And we're gonna, we're gonna keep what's really great about both teams um, and celebrate those and create one outstanding organization called yeah. the Network Experience Team. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I love this idea of, you know, best of both worlds and offering flexibility with our customers. And I think too, the, the transformation and the bringing these two teams together, our customers have been asking for this for years, right? Yeah, so yes. really responding to where the market is going and the needs of our customers. Um, but let's be honest, there are challenges and obstacles, right? When you have two really powerful teams coming together um, and it, it's not always easy, right? Even with the best intention at the end of the line, right? How do you get yeah. these two teams to come together? So tell us what have been some of those obstacles and how are the two of you working together to overcome that? And any insights that you can share for folks, even inside or outside of the business who are leaders or individual contributors who are facing obstacles? Like what are some you know, advice that you can give folks when they are in a situation where there's a lot of transformation going on and it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. So break, let me go first. I'm going to, I'll, I'll take the people side. Maybe you can take the business side. How's that? Like something like that. All right. I might add on a little on the okay. people front as yeah. well. All right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, change is hard, right? Uh, I heard this statistic one time and uh, I, I've got to go look up who said it because it's, it sticks with me um, that if the outcome of change is death, only like 5% of heart patients will change their life cycle, lifestyle, right? Um, wow. And yeah, that's, and we're asking people to just change what they're doing at work. And so we have to acknowledge that change is hard, right? Um, I mean, I, I probably started and stopped 7,000 diets in my part, in my life, right? So I, I get it, like changing is hard. So I think, you know, when you, when you think about bringing two teams together, um, you know, Brink said it earlier, you, you do what you do, what you have always done. You do what you're comfortable with. Right. Um, and I say to my girls all the time, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's how you grow. That's how you change. And that's how you become better. And so if what, what we're going to challenge the teams to do is to learn about each other, learn about the technologies. I mean, every, we've been selling together for the last few years. Right. What we're doing now is going to teach each other. Instead of selling together, we're going to teach each other. Um, we're going to seek to understand, right? We've had a lot of meetings around, okay, what are your challenges? What are, why, why, uh, what are the things that you hold sacred? What are the things that um, the other team holds sacred? And how do we both hold them sacred, right? So if you've learned anything about change management, change management is defining that North Star and then figuring out um, what's the tip of the iceberg and then all the things that are under the iceberg, right? Which is the much bigger picture of change management. So it's the subtleties, it's the passion, right? It's the things that um, drive people to change and it's the celebrating the little things of teamwork. And that's what we're trying to bring in as far as bringing these teams together, right? Is um, like, you know, let's have an EN leader celebrate Meraki. Let's have a Meraki leader celebrate EN. Like we want to have those teams come together with a shared purpose, a shared goal, 
right? And a shared passionate drive to solve customer problems. And at the end of the day, they all already have that, right? Because each one of these teams has been solving customer problems since they came to Cisco, right? And it's now just bringing them together to do it together as one team. And so I think that, um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna lead with empathy. We're gonna lead with understanding, um, but we're also gonna lead with a shared purpose and a drive to succeed and a growth mindset and, a, and, a, um, and in, in evangelism to solve customer problems. And that may mean that yes, we're gonna meet you where you are today, Mr. Customer, but we're also gonna bring a best practice and consult you to where we think you should go because we see the best business outcome for your business because we've seen it over and over again. So I think some of those things are gonna drive excitement. Some of them are gonna drive fear and we wanna acknowledge that change is hard, but let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's how we grow. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just gonna pile on a little bit because I think I think Jen said, um, Jen said it well. You know, I, I, I didn't go through this in my background, but uh, sports was a big part of my life growing up. Um, I, I played, I was on a, a team in college um, at a very high level in, in my particular sport. And um, so that concept of team and that concept of, of competition and the shared goal are really, really important to me as I think about what it, what it takes to drive transformation. And um, the part that I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up on, and, and Jen said it, is um, this is really about the customer. Like our customer centricity is the thing and, and, and enabling them to their outcomes is that thing that will coalesce a single team to deliver that outcome. We have the technology converging, which is outstanding. I think I've already talked about the benefits I think that delivers for our customers. Um, and our goal really is to get one networking specialist out there that can advise a customer across this whole portfolio. And once we get to that with it, that singular outcome, I have every expectation that um, you know, what Jen talked about kind of at the beginning, the, the A plus B equals D. I'm going to make fun of you about that for a while. Uh, the, the one plus one equals three. Like I, either way you want to look at it, you've got two teams that that because of what they've sold, because of where they come from, have developed different capabilities and, and expertise, levels of expertise. Bringing that together and having them share that will get to the best outcome that we can possibly get to. And I think that's good for Cisco. It's great for our customers. Um, and, and, I, and I'm excited about that. There will be bumps along the road. Um, and I think that's something that we'll, we'll work through. I think if we keep that shared goal, it's hard to see you know, bumps that can't be easily worked through with, with that shared outcome. Um, the only other thing I wanna add, you know, we talk a lot about uh, the enterprise networking team and that Catalyst portfolio in Meraki. You know, we did acquire Thousand Eyes, um, I think about three years ago now. And I will, I, I am, there'll be a lot more to come as Cisco makes more announcements um, and continues to develop that product portfolio. But what I can tell you is I have never been more excited about how the, the technology that that team has brought into Cisco and the way that it's developing, how that's going to influence and enable networking inside of all of our customers. It really has its core depth in AI. It is a massive capability to help us deliver that experience to the end users that are out there and really look across networks, whether they're in a customer's domain or out into the open public internet, into the web scale providers where most of our applications run, that we all use every day run. Um, they give us that visibility to really 
enable a digital experience. Um, and I'm super excited about that as part of our portfolio as well. And we'll continue to evolve that into one singular story for our customers. Yeah, love that. And I'm excited to learn more about Thousand Eyes and what's to come there because I feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg. But I want to highlight, you know, Jen, you said some great things. This idea of, you know, being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, like get uncomfortable with it because that's the only thing that's constant and change. And, you know, when we're bringing these two teams together, um, seek to understand, be curious, right? Instead of going in, ask a lot of questions. Um, and, and maybe do something every day that might scare you, right? Get out of your comfort zone. So just like little tips and tricks along the way, um, to help ease with that transition and having that growth mindset. I think that's huge. So appreciate you calling that out. Um, we're coming up on time, which is crazy. I feel like it went by like that. Um, but for those listening today, um, if you had a couple takeaways for folks or people were curious to learn more about NX or Meraki and the transformation that we're doing, what are some, some tidbits that you want to leave customers with or partners or anyone that's listening right now, maybe curious about joining Cisco? What should folks be thinking of? Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll start and then you can bring us home Brink. Okay. So my, Perfect. my thing is. Customer first, always, right? Keep the customer at the center of everything we do. So if you're a partner, uh, if you're internal with Cisco, like the, that's how we're going to lead. If you're a customer, just know we are, we are keeping you at the forefront of everything we do. And we want you to hold us accountable to that, right? So um, customer centricity, number one thing. Secondly, simplification. We're, we're make, working to make it simple for everybody, not only to do business with Cisco, but to do business internally and to do business with our customers, right? So simplification of everything. And then the third, I wouldn't be the worldwide sales leader if I didn't say, if you want to learn more about the platform, if you want to learn more about the journey, and if you have questions about anything, we have a worldwide global sales team, and I would be happy to get you in touch with your sales rep at any time. And, you know, I had to say that. So uh, please reach out. We're always excited to hear from our customers and to hear their uh, opinions on what we've said here today. Bring, bring us home. Awesome. Um, so I, I got a few things. So so the first thing I'll highlight, you know, we, we're, we're talking a lot about transformation now. And um, probably the most important thing for me is to really um, help everybody understand that this is not just getting started now. This has been going on for the past few years. Like when you really look at the technology side of things in particular, um, the integration between our networking technologies, the um, standardization that we're starting to drive across some of the operating systems there, the APIs and the engagement between two platforms that will get closer and closer together the layering in of the user experience across that is probably the newer part, but that's the veneer in many ways, right? That's an added layer of simplicity. A lot of the underpinnings um, have been going on for some time. So for me, the, the people side of this and the bringing it into the market in a more cohesive way is really kind of the trailing part that we're now just getting started on. And I think it's going to go pretty quickly. Um, being the being the competitive person that I am, I can't help but highlight that we have uh, a couple of competitors that are at the beginning of this journey, not far along in this journey. So what I'm excited about is a little bit of call it luck, call it, hey, we, we were ahead of the game. I'm not sure which one it is, 
Um, but we really are at that point where uh, I think the outcomes that we're delivering and the roadmaps that we that we're showing to our customers, the trajectory of the business is really at a place where that simplicity is achievable, where, um, you know, and I think Jen said it, we, we are really leaning into this and I'm driving my team to lean into how do we really be the right trusted advisors for our customers to help them on this journey? Because a lot of them have not started. A lot of them are still steeped in the way they've always done things because, and I don't want to, I don't want to criticize. Like, I think that I understand why in many ways, these are critical technologies. We all rely on our connectivity every single day. And, um, it, you know, networks have to stay up for the, whether it's commerce, whether it's the experience you deliver to users, whatever reason, it's critical. Um, it's, 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 it's really important that uh, we start to challenge ourselves to get to the next iteration because we can deliver even more. And so I'm excited for the trusted advisors that we'll have out there in our teams, out in the market, helping our customers uh, navigate that and uh, the great innovation that I think our customers can expect from us um, in the coming weeks, months, and years. So just super excited. I will pile on to Jens. Please contact your uh, Cisco sales rep if they can in any way help you out um, on this journey. And, and we'll be right there supporting them to bring that depth and expertise that you all expect from us. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you called that out. This transformation has been underway for actually quite some time. And to your point, kind of the trail end, getting the teams, getting the pro right, all the stuff that was already happening on the back end is now more public facing. And we certainly, Cisco is ahead of our competition in that regard. And I think in the coming weeks, there's even more to come. So maybe you come back in like six months and let's see where we're at. Fantastic. Um, I'd love right? to. Yeah. I love that idea. Um, well, Brink, Jen, thank you so much for your time today. This episode was awesome, um, super valuable. And I know our customers, our partners, folks outside of Cisco, this was very enlightening. So very much appreciate your time. And thank you again for being on the Meraki Unbox podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Sammy. Of course. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode, folks. Um, again, be sure to download, subscribe, tell all your friends, and we will be back in three weeks with a new episode and more content. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye.